0: I'm going to talk just for a minute this morning about a divine interruption. And, um, you know, well, do this. Turn to someone near you and interrupt them as they tell you you're going to be blessed today. (laughs) Very rude, very rude. Who loves being interrupted? (laughs) Interruptions are interruptions. That's what they're called. They're called interruptions. And in the spirit of Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants, who had this to say about smelling things, he said, I smell the smelly smell of something that smells smelly. (laughs) And so I created this fantastic, oh, I created this statement on interruptions. When I am interrupted by your interruption, your interruption makes me feel interrupted. All right, enough of that. Divine interruptions are when God does the interrupting. The interruptions of God are always good. They are an invitation into the land of miracles every time. And oh, what a day to be interrupted by God. Come on. The church is about to be interrupted by the Spirit of God. We're talking about the fire of God. Every revival that's ever taken place on the earth has been a divine interruption in the affairs of man and has changed the earth. That's what we're about. I'm glad to be alive. Aren't you glad to be alive? Sucking in the good old oxygen. Opening up your eyes in the morning and you can see in 3D with color. Pretty doggone amazing. Come on, this thing called life, God made it. He's He's the creator of all life. He breathes life. Come on, if you're in here this morning, you're a little bit discouraged. Just suck in some air this morning. Ah, the breath of life. He loves you. Don't give up now. You're about to be interrupted into the great things of God. So God interrupted Balaam on his way to speak the word of God with a talking donkey. I would like to see that one. Woo, that's in the Bible. Bible's awesome. This donkey literally started speaking. That's great. Oh, you bunch of angels. It's okay to think about something being funny in God's word. This donkey was Balaam's donkey for years, apparently. Did whatever he said. And the one time that he stopped, because the donkey could see the angel of the Lord. And by the way, the angel of the Lord, that particular title in the Old Testament is considered a Christophany or a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. As mysterious as that may sound, this is one of them. Jesus showed up with a sword in his hand. If that prophet had gone one more step with that donkey, Jesus would have taken him out. But the donkey saw him and stopped. And when he did, Balaam got upset with his donkey. What are you doing? And smacked him. And then the donkey again saw the angel, and the donkey rubbed him up against, rubbed Balaam up against the side of a cliff, probably scraping his legs up. And Balaam said, what are you doing? And smacked him again. And then finally, one more time in a narrow spot, the angel of the Lord appeared one more time, and the donkey just laid down. And Balaam's going, what are you doing? And smacked him one more time, and then... God gave the donkey the ability, the ability to speak. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it will take to open up our eyes, but sometimes we have to have something go on that's a little bit different that will wake us up to what we've been created for. Come on, it's not just for watching TV or playing a video game. It's real life. Souls in the balance, the kingdom of God pouring out for such a time as this. I don't know about you, but I need to be interrupted. Comfort is exactly what it sounds like, it's comfortable. But how many risk takers do we have in the room? And when God grants an interruption into our life, He pours out a vision. For something that takes us beyond our strength. And it's time that we stood up. I don't know about you, but this is a crazy time to be alive in. Things are flying. When Israel starts to be touched, it starts to become kind of biblical. And so I don't know what to say except uh, let's wake up. Let's wake up. So Balaam, (laughs) the donkey starts talking. And uh, God opens up Balaam's eyes, and he sees the angel of the Lord. Can you imagine that moment? God interrupted Saul on his way to Tarsus and knocked him off his donkey. Thank God for that, because most of the New Testament was written by this man who got interrupted. And when God interrupts you, there's things in store for your life that you do not know, that he knows... And those things are good, and they're filled with power, and they're filled with the hand of God. And we're, not, we're never better than we're walking with him. We're never better than when we're alive in him. We're never better than we learn how to worship him and submit our life to him. The will of man, outside of the power of the Holy Ghost, is the most powerful force on the earth. Come on, your will, my will. If God can get it, if he can get our will, he can do anything through us, anything. So God interrupted Saul. Saul became Paul, wrote the New Testament, talked about how the, the, old, the, old, uh, the ministry of the Old Testament was a ministry of condemnation and death. And he introduced the new covenant, the ministry of life the ministry of righteousness, the ministry of the Spirit. That's what we're living in. Not condemnation, not death, but life, righteousness, the ministry of the Spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven right now. Just thank him for what he's doing right now in your life. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the ministry of the Spirit. Then God interrupted Joshua when he was ready to go to battle against Jericho. Tear those walls down. And Joshua's all fired up. You know he is. He's all fired up. And so he's just minding his own business. He's got his sword. He looks up and he sees another man in front of him. Like this big strong man holding a sword. And Joshua says, you for us or are you against us? Ready to take him on. Is another angel of the Lord, another Christophany. Jesus shows up at certain points when it matters. And the angel said, no, but I come as the commander of the army of the Lord. And Joshua falls on his face and worships him. That's how we know he's not a regular angel. Angels don't receive worship. And then the angel, Jesus, says, Take your shoes off, Joshua. The place you're standing is holy. The place you're standing is holy. When God steps in, it's holy. Come on, you're wondering what is the holiness of God? The holiness of God is when you turn your heart to him. When you say yes to his visitation, when you allow him to interrupt your life and you say, come on Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm willing to go. That's holy ground, that's holy ground. If there was no glory for us to achieve, we'd have no crowns to throw down when we come into his presence in heaven. But since there is glory for you to grab a hold of in the name of Jesus, there will be crowns on your head when you get to heaven. Oh, Lord, let us come with many crowns. Let us come with some crowns that we can throw down. I don't want to turn you down, Lord. I want to take every challenge. I want to be interruptible. Come in and speak, Lord. Come in and speak. Jesus demonstrated perfect obedience to divine interruptions everywhere he went. His whole life is a picture of being interrupted on the earth. Come on, the woman who touched his garment. He was on the way when she touched him to raise a young girl from the dead. And he stopped. He said, I don't do anything unless I see my father doing it. He didn't say, I don't, I don't do anything unless I hear him tell me something to do. Don't wait too long to hear something. If you see God doing something, do it. And Jesus, he said, I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. Whatever I see him doing, I do. And so clearly, he must have seen in that moment this woman... In fact, he didn't even know who she was. Who touched me? And the disciples were going, come on, Jesus. Uh, you don't look too good right now. Everybody's touching you. No, no, no. This touch was different. I felt something go out of me. I, I felt power go out. Talk, talk, if you ever wondered, does your faith matter? Think about that. Jesus did not even know that he was being touched. But the faith of the woman who touched him drew his power and she was healed, healed, 100%. Come on, you're coming in this room, you might need a healing today. It's sitting here for us, the power of God. Remember they dropped a man through the roof Poor dudes dropped their friend, paralyzed. That's an interruption. He's trying to preach a pretty sermon. Jesus healed him. What an interesting healing that was. Your sins are forgiven. Spoken to a man who can't walk. Shows you that you don't need to walk to sin. And then he said, well, if if you like it better, you know, I'll just tell him, Get up and roll your mat up to show you that the the disease of sin is about as paralyzing as the disease of of being paralyzed. Oh, this is a day to burn down the altars. This is a day to get rid of everything that holds us back. We're not going halfway. We're not going 50%. We're going full throttle. It's full throttle time. Blind guys, deaf guys, lepers, demon-possessed people, interrupting Jesus every day, everywhere he went. Everything he did, his life was filled with divine interruptions, every one of them bringing, into the, bringing him into a miracle, a miracle. He's so filled with grace, you can interrupt him. His grace, His grace. It's the ministry of grace. He's interruptible. He's not annoyed by you. You can't, you can't bother Him. He loves you. His grace, there's so much grace. His grace goes deeper than any sin you could ever imagine doing. You cannot do something darker and deeper in darkness, then His grace will not go underneath it and lift you out of it. He's good. Christy and I, well, I should say I had a divine interruption when I fell in love with her and we were dating before we were married. We've been married for 36 years, it'll be 37 in a few weeks. And um, I would say 95, between 95% and 99%, I'll give myself 1% of the credit for how our marriage is filled with utter bliss is because of her. So uh, I, I had totally fallen in love. And while our marriage has been just wonderful, our dating experience was really hard, I guess, for me. My heart got filled with jealousy at certain times. Jealousy will do some bad things to a man's heart. And there was one moment in particular when I was filled with a jealous rage. I was to the point where I knew I was eliminating her, the bride of my life, from my life. I turned to her with absolute rage, began to point my finger. I was going to say things to her that would have ended our relationship. They were not nice. Before I could get the words out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, be very careful what you say. This is your wife. And when he said that, I went from, in a split second of time, I went from a man filled with jealous rage to a man literally bursting with joy. She is my wife? If he had not interrupted me, I would have ruined the the most important relationship of my life outside of him. And not to mention, the fact, our three beautiful children who are adults now would never have been born. But his interruptions bring his divine purpose. We are praying too many times for God to clean up our mess... When he wants to interrupt us with his purpose, if we will take care of his business, he will take care of ours. (laughs) Divine interruptions. So we're going to look at Judges chapter 6, the story of Gideon. If you would turn there with me. Gideon had a divine interruption in chapter 6. It says this in verse 3, So it was, whenever Israel had sown sown seeds, Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. If you ever saw the movie A Bug's Life, you would have a good picture of this happening. It's a Good show. Judges 6.11. Now the angel of the Lord, there's your angel of the Lord, another Christophany, Jesus, came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiazrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. This is so interesting to me how Jesus came and sat down and kind of checked out Gideon doing his thing in the winepress, threshing wheat. You don't thrash wheat in a winepress. You step on grapes. You make wine. I don't know, you drink wine. You don't, do any, you don't do anything with wheat. But it's a picture of a life that has lost its purpose, that is out of place, that is desperate, that's surrounded and pushed into a corner, that is helpless, powerless, and just trying to get by. And I just love it that Jesus came and sat down and watched him for some period of time he watches us he's with us you may feel like that's a description of your life like you don't know what you're doing like what am i doing in this place i thought my life was going to be here but i just find that i have to do this well jesus is with you he's watching he's there when i was praying about this and thinking about it this week I realized that Gideon is a picture of the church. It's a picture of the church. The church in many ways in America and in the West is is in a wine press thrashing wheat, going around in a circle, out of place, ineffective, marginalized, pushed into a corner, feeling powerless, ridiculed by the world. But let me tell you something. We are the sons and daughters of God. We are the family of God. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the city on a hill, the new Jerusalem, the new city. We are the bride of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. Oh, he's got a message for us. Could it be that we're sitting at a time when a divine interruption is coming for the church, when we'll be taken out of the wine press and put right into the place where God has designed us to operate, where we suddenly have a supernatural power to make a change in this earth. So Jesus is checking Gideon out, and then he, he says this to him, verse 12, and the angel of the Lord. Jesus appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I love it that he didn't, you know, just say, Gideon, what are you doing, brother? What are you doing in the wine press with the wheat? What's the matter with you? He didn't bring condemnation on him. He didn't bring shame. He didn't didn't bring an accusation. He brought a declaration of his strength to him. When Jesus comes to us, he says, come on. Come on, bride of Christ, step in to all that I've given you. Be the church on the earth, the kingdom above every other kingdom, the head and not the tail. Hello, is this on? <laughs> That's silly. Chrissy's going to rebuke me for that one. I love the other translations of this passage of the new, the NLT says, Jesus said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero. The message, God is with you, oh mighty warrior. The amplified, the Lord is with you, oh brave man. It's time for some men to stand up. (laughs) So the first point I have is this, step into your purpose. God spoke life and hope and strength into Gideon's heart, just like he's speaking life and hope and strength into the church, into his bride. Come on, come on, come on. It's time, it's time, it's time. We're not going to be isolated. We're not going to be kept back. The power of God is meant to shake the world. It's meant to turn the kingdom of darkness on its head. There's so much grace for it. Then it goes on in verse 13. Gideon said to to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? It's so interesting to me. I can't find another passage. Maybe there is one where a human being did not fall, apparently fall on their face before an angel. But there's something in Gideon. There was a level of frustration, a level of fight, a level of determination in him that kept him on his feet and enabled him to speak to the angel of the Lord. He said, where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Go in this might of yours. What might? Come on, there was some fight in him. There was a little bit of angst. God will take the frustration of your life and build a ministry out of it. Come on, don't be afraid. Whatever it takes, he can redeem your frustration and turn it to be a powerful impetus in the kingdom of God in your life. What are you frustrated about? Let God rise up in you to do something about it. Come on, your ministry is not my ministry. My ministry is not your ministry. Don't wait for somebody to tap you on the shoulder. Do what God has called you to do. Let the strength of God that you sense in your heart. I don't know what domain it's in, but take that domain. Take that domain. In the name of Jesus, don't let anybody intimidate you. Come on, people are just people. Nobody's better than anybody else. You don't have anything to prove to anybody. You have a life to give to God. You have a life to give to God. Give your life to God. Give your life to God. What will he do? I don't know. I'm curious to see. God will take your frustration and turn it to good for his kingdom. He will take your determination in the fight you have in your soul and light it on fire for the kingdom. Also, I'd like to point this out as I was praying, I realized that Gideon is like a picture of men in the wine press, of men. There's an all-out war on manhood, masculinity. There's a war on men. It's been going on for a while now. It's at least 50 years. Not only that, there's a war on women. Women have not escaped this either. The attack on men is, a, is affecting women. At some points, the attack on men has been propagated by an attack on women. Men and women are different. Hello. Actually, there's a war on human beings. The devil hates you, he hates you. Why? Because God loves you. The devil hates us so much that he's actually managed to sell a lie that a boy can become a girl and a girl can become a boy. But the truth is that boys are boys, and girls are gor- girls at a, at a cellular level. It's in the cells. By all means, don't let anybody, anyone begin chopping you up. That's a road to disaster. If you're dealing with this kind of confusion right now in your life, I want you to know something. We love you. We love you. God loves you. God loves you. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. My only encouragement to you would be this. Don't put your life in the hands of so-called professionals who do not know God. Put your life in the hands of God and he will transform you. He can do it. Man can't do that. God can heal you, God can help you, God can sustain you, God can do what he has to do to help you. He can bring peace to a troubled soul. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can do what man can't do. All things are possible for him. You know, The attack on men, if you look, I looked at a stat, nearly 80% of young men between the ages of 20 and 30 are video gamers, spending hours and hours on video games. I'd probably be one of them if I could figure out technology enough. (laughs) You know, the games are all warfare games, battle games, shooting things, killing things, saving, being a hero. It's like living in a pretend land of what God really meant us to be. It's like that's a cry. That's the cry. The enemy has tried to take the, the two basic tenets of a, of a man's life to protect and provide, has tried to nullify them. Even saying that can get you canceled. But let me tell you something today. There's plenty of things To save people from, in this world, there's plenty of things that we can protect our family from, and protect our city from, and protect to protect people from. God is going to do something in men. I I just want to give a quick preview. Next year in fall, in the fall, we're going to do a men's conference, and um, it's you know men's ministry has been went through this tremendous. huge effect of the Promise Keepers in the 90s, maybe a little bit into the 2000s, but then it just went, whoop, And you haven't heard anything about men for a couple decades, really, at least I haven't. And, you know, it's made me a little tentative about men's ministry. Of course, I'm the leader of the men's ministry here, so I shouldn't be so tentative. So it was something for me to see kind of this vision of men filling this altar. Not coming to hear a preacher, but coming to encounter God coming to come into contact with who they've been made to be, being filled with the spirit of God. See, hundreds of men, hundreds of men, that will touch this city. That will touch this city. Come on, if you're a man in this room, it's time for us to stand up. Men's physical strength has been relegated to athletics and show, but Samson's strength brought down a kingdom. Men were not made to be entertained. We are created to slay giants. Men were not made to crave attention. We are created to move mountains. Men were not made to flounder in insecurity. We are created to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Like David, we're, we're worshiping warriors rising up in the strength of God in this day. To be priests and kings to our God. There's honor in it. Strength in it. There's bravery in it. There's conquest in it. There's some devil butt kicking in it. (laughs) Next thing that happened in Judges, verse 25, the Lord instructed Gideon to tear down his father's altar to Baal. Hmm. said now it came to pass the same night verse 25 that the Lord said to him take your father's young bull the second bull of seven years old tear down the altar of Baal that your father has cut down the wooden image that is beside it we're not living for our dads we're living for our father your father may have been a great man and may have set an example your father may not have been what are you going to be Cut down the wooden image that is beside it. Build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement. Take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. Second thing I would say about this passage is burn down every altar. There's a season. We're in it. This is a season to tear down every stronghold in our lives and to step into the greatness of God. Let's not let anything hold us back. It's not a time to go in limping. We're coming in with strength. We're coming in full on. We're coming in giving everything we have to God. God wants us to tear down the strongholds and addictions of our past, our old life, the generational things that hold us back. Anything we've put above and before him. Just let it go this morning. If you've been dealing with an addiction, just let it drop off you in the name of Jesus. You're being interrupted right now. You're being interrupted right now. Just let it go. You know, when God touches your life, it's easy. It's easy. It's hard when we try to do it. When he does it, it's easy. It's called a miracle. He just causes it to go away. He causes it to fall off. Just let it fall off and step away from it. Come on, you'll be free. Be free. I'm not worried about what happened this week or last week. I don't care. Be free now. Step into what God has for your life. By the way, I stopped talking about men a few minutes ago. so All the ladies thought that was for men. That's for everybody. <laughs> all right, girls are better than guys. Okay, I give it to you. But you got a few problems too. Don't let condemnation or shame keep you from the things of God. Don't ever let, it. that's the weapon of the enemy. Just step on every condemnation, step on every shame in Jesus' name. And walk right into your calling. Walk right into your purposes. Let the interruption of God take place in your heart. He's with you. He's here right now. He's here right now to bring revelation and wisdom and a breakthrough for your life. Every stronghold, every addiction, any unforgiveness, anything holding you back from giving your life, all of your life to Jesus, it goes in the name of Jesus. Some of your friends and your family may not like it when you burn down the altars. But we don't live for them. We live for God. We live for God. And then just a quick, uh, let me just share this, this final passage. Judges 6, verse 33. It says then all the midianites and the amalekites the people of the east gathered together the enemies of Israel came together and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel but the spirit of the lord came upon gideon then he blew the trumpet and the abijezrites gathered behind him remember the abijezrites are his people in hebrew that scripture the spirit of the lord clothed himself with gideon Excuse me, that scripture, the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, literally says in Hebrew, the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. That's a thought, isn't it? The Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. In other words, Gideon, that's what you would see on the outside, but on the inside, the Holy Spirit of God. It's another level when the Holy Spirit clothes himself with us. When, we, when, when every step we take, everything we touch, every word we say is His. So in this day, we're filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually clothes Himself with you. And we blow the trumpet. What is the trumpet? The trumpet is the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we're taking this out of the church and we're going right into the city with it we're taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and we're blowing the trumpet. And when we, when we preach Jesus, whether we're preaching a message or whether we're just praying for an individual or whether we're giving something out of our life for somebody who needs help, it's, it's gonna break through every stronghold of the enemy. When the enemy thought he had someone trapped, the kingdom of God will step in and interrupt that life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the day we're living. In. It's a day of miracles. It's a day of risk-taking. It's a day of boldness. The presence of God is so strong in us. Let's rise up in him. Let's blow the trumpet of Jesus and make a difference in this city in Jesus' name. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you so much for listening to me for a while here. I'm sorry if I went too long, but God is good, isn't he? My hope this morning is that I rattle some cages a little bit. And just, you know, God has things for us. Nothing is by accident. You're born for such a time as this. Things are flying. I mean, when Israel starts getting touched, it becomes biblical. It's like. It's the real deal, I think. I I don't even, you know, for a long time I I didn't know. There's so many books on the end times. I thought, what a bunch of knuckleheads. None of it was happening. And then all of a sudden, boom, all this stuff is taking place. There's serious birth pains happening, labor pains. Well, to me, it's an indicator. Maybe we should get serious about some stuff with God. Maybe if we've never given ourselves wholly to him, That would be a great starting point. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, today's your day. Your life, when we give our life to Jesus, it takes on a depth of meaning. We have no way of knowing the depth of it. The impact of everything we do when we give our life to Jesus and everything we do with him and for him becomes eternal in its weight. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus some time ago and you just have been feeling, man, I've just left that. I, I remember what it felt like. It felt really good to walk with him. But, you know, life hits you and situations hit you and difficulties and who knows what. There's all kinds of trouble. And you just, you just know it's time to come back. In fact, that's why you came today, to come back to him. We're going to pray a simple prayer. We're just going to ask Jesus to be the Lord. Whether you've never prayed it or whether you did as a young child or years ago, we're going to pray that prayer, and it's going to bring you right into now, stepping into eternity with him. I'm going to ask everybody in the church just to pray this simple prayer with us. And and if that's for you, if that's something you want to pray, then pray it and just mean it. Just say after me, say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my savior. Thank you for dying on the cross. I'm so glad you rose again. Live in me. I repent of every sin. Wash me clean. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo. Praise God. <laughs> if that's you this morning and you prayed that simple prayer, whether it was for the first time or whether you prayed it to come back, just slip your hand in the air so I can see you. I see that beautiful young lady. Oh, it's wonderful. I see those three. Yes. Oh, it's else? Yeah. Slip your hands so we can see you. Yes. Amen. Brother. Praise God. Praise God. God is so good, isn't he? We're going to invite the prayer team to come on up. We're going to just be available to pray for anybody that desires prayer. If you gave your heart to Jesus just now, come down and we'll pray for you. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. If you've come into the room today and you need a miracle in your life, a healing, Live, whatever it is, come on down. We'll pray for you. Worship Nation is just going to sing for a minute, for just a few moments, as we come down to the altar.